say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome to New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and wow, let me just tell you, we have an amazing show. Well, I know, I say it every week, and, and I say this every week, that it's amazing, but I'm telling you. Uh, got Benjamin Brown. We're going to call him Ben because he... Because Ben's amazing, Marine, right? He he, expert salesperson, sales guru. He's the sales whisperer. I'm telling you, this guy is going to blow you away. He's got this amazing book, in in it, that you're going to just love. That's entitled Master the Art of Closing the Sale. And I am telling you, salespeople, I'm telling you, start watching. Get on here, start watching, because I'm telling you right now. You are going to want to watch or at least listen right now because we're going to talk about sales and you get an opportunity to ask questions today as well as we are, as we're, as I'm going to talk to him. But so I'm going to give you some time to get your friends on the show and say, oh, hey, look, the new direction with Jay Izzo, they're going to start talking about sales and this guy is the sales whisperer, right? And he's also a Marine and he's like tough and he's cool and he's awesome. So, but let's let's talk about the four areas of your life because we do that every week. We check in and we find out how you doing in the four areas of your life, right? Because I believe we are four part people. We are physical people. We are mental people. We are emotional people, and we are spiritual people. And and I know that we can be at different levels at different times in those four areas of our life. And the whole idea is to get us as close to a ten as we possibly can, because you have to think about the four areas of your life like the four legs of a table that you eat off of, right? If you're if you're out of balance, it's kind of hard to eat because that plate's going to slide off the table. If the table's too low, well, it's if you're sitting in a chair, it's hard to eat too low. You want that table at the perfect height, and that's a 10. All right, whatever that is to you, whatever 10 looks like. So we're going to look at our scale from 0, 1 to 10. How about that? 1 to 10. That makes it easier because 0 is hard to define, right? So physically, this, this week, how are you doing physically? On a scale of 1 to 10, right? How are you physically? Are you, are you taking care of your body? Are you doing the things that you're working out? Are you eating right? Right? I, I, I have a lot of friends who are working out. I'm a workout hound. You all know that. I love the gym. But, you know, I started to realize I had to make some changes, lifestyle changes in terms of what I was eating and how I was eating. And it's made such a huge difference in my life because even though I worked out every day, I also needed to change the diet. So on that scale of 1 to 10, you know, taking care of your body and all the physical things that you're doing, how are you doing? All right. Now, look, the goal here isn't to go from a, a four to a 10. All right. The goal here is like, if you're at a four today, that's okay. How are you going to get to a 4.5? Right. Because it's all about baby steps and improvement. Right. We just need to go in that new direction to help your baby steps. So what do you need to do? Right. Do you, how do you become more consistent? You know, what, what are you going to change? Right. And when are you going to do it? Because the longer you wait to change, you're never going to change. Okay. We just know that that's true. Right, because and that's why we call the show a new direction. By the way, all right. So physically, there we're at. Okay, how about mentally? On a scale of one to ten, one being miserable, ten being awesome. How are you doing mentally? Are you filling your head with good things? Right? Are you learning something new? Are you expanding both sides of your brain? That right side, creative side of your brain, and that left side, logical side of your brain. Where are you at on that scale of one to ten? Four, five, six? 
Maybe you're seven. Maybe you're going, Jay, I'm reading every day and I'm reading some great books and, and I'm learning some new things and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm and I'm watching really good programs that are helping me learn more about whether it's my field or learn a new language or maybe you're learning a new instrument. All those things are just positive ways to help you grow mentally. So where are you at there? All right, perfect. All right, on a scale of one to 10, where are you at emotionally? Right? I mean, how well are you doing? Look, we're in an emotional time of year. We just got through Thanksgiving, and I hope your Thanksgiving was awesome. But I also know that Christmas is coming, and we get a little more emotional, and you know, we're fighting crowds, and we've gotten up for Black Friday, and we're trying to get on Cyber Monday, and we want to make sure that everything is being delivered on time. And, and I know our emotions could be all over the place, but how well are you able to control your own emotions? Are, are you able to control them? I mean, when that person cuts you off in traffic, Right? Are you tempted to, you know, maybe give a hand gesture or are you able to settle in and go, eh, let it go? Right? Because that's all part of our emotional intelligence, that emotional quotient that I talk about every week. And that is how well that you're able to control those things. Right? And and by the way, the false the false lie about emotions is is that if you if you let them out and you let your anger out that somehow you're better. Well, actually that's not true. Actually, the more angrier that you are, the more angry you become. So don't use that as, well, I've got to let it out, otherwise I'm going to burst. Uh, th that's not really true. It, it, it doesn't hold up in the research. It's about intentionally controlling your emotions and controlling them and staying calm under the most adverse circumstances. And also when we talk about emotional intelligence, we're also talking about how well you're able to emote with someone else. Are you able to understand their emotions, relate to emotions? I'm going to tell you right now that when we talk to Ben Brown today, and we're going to talk about his many of his 10 steps in mastering this idea of closing the deal when it comes to sales, I'm telling you the emotional component and the emotional control component is going to be absolutely critical, as all these areas are. All right, good. All right, finally, spiritually, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at spiritually? What, what, what is filling your soul? All right, and, and, and I know I get people who say, well, Jay, I don't believe in God. I don't, I don't believe in this. I promise you, you believe in something, okay, whether it's karma whether it's nature, you feel that there's something outside of you that fills you, that you feel that gives you a sense of peace, centers you, gives you a sense of joy. And, and if you don't, but you do, there is something, right, that you can't explain with science, you can't explain it with logic, you, you can't explain it in any other way, you just know that for a fact that there's something else out there, right? And if you do believe in God, how's that relationship going, right? How is that? Right? Are you are you doing the things that you need to do? Are you are you are you taking the time to do your meditations or your prayers or your devotional time and those type of things? Where are you at on that scale of one to ten? Right? And remember, four areas of your life, right? When you have them all in balance and they're all at the right place, I'm just telling you, you become a more whole person and you become a better person. And that leads me to my guest who I am so excited about. I do not get the opportunity very often to talk to the guests the day before, but I got the opportunity yesterday to talk to Ben Brown. And let me tell you something, and, and Ben is chastising me like uh, my friend Robert Wattrell in Raleigh, North Carolina does. They always tell me there's no such thing as a former Marine. And I, I wrote on a post, I said, retired Marine. And he said, there's no such thing as a retired Marine. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Ben, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. Well, let me tell you about 
Marine uh, that I love, Ben Brown, who I've come to know in just a couple of days, and I, he's going to be a friend forever. I could tell you right right now, he is a sales expert. He's an author. He's a father of two children. Uh, he's worked in sales for over 23 years. He's currently um, with small businesses and sales issues and working with low sales. He owns a, a consulting company called 360salesconsulting.com. Make sure you check that out. I will be putting that on the jizzo.com website and for on a new direction. Uh, he has a vast knowledge that he's acquired over the two decades plus that he has been doing sales training and also been selling. He's got a proven and tested way. We're going to talk about this in his book of how to improve what you're doing in sales. And I am telling you, he is a man of his word. He is a man of high integrity. Uh, he speaks to groups all over. So folks, you know, as me as a speaker, uh, I love promoting my speakers. I'm telling you, he's just a great guy. You need to get him on stage. And if you're looking for a great sales presentation to help your salespeople, you need to contact Ben. Just go to 360, that's 360salesconsulting.com. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Benjamin Brown. Ben, welcome to the show. Semper Fi, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I am well, thank you so much. Ben, I love your book. Uh, I, I love your book. I'm just and and I've told you that a hundred thousand times, but I am telling you, I, I as I said, I interview a lot of sales people who write a lot of sales books. This one is I wrote is indispensable. This is one of those sales books where, if you are in sales or you know somebody who is in sales, I believe that this particular book is almost the Ten Commandments of sales is kind of how I think about it because if people will follow the step-by-step -step approach to this book, I believe that they will improve their sales immensely regardless of what they're selling, whether it's a product or a service. And I'm convinced because I, I'm, I'm trying to memorize these steps actually in order because as you well know, we're all in sales. You know, we, you and I talked about this yesterday that whether I'm trying to sell my wife, me, <laughs> or whether I'm actually selling in a business, I'm, I'm, we're all in sales at some level. And so one of the things that impressed me about this book from right from the get-go was your passion for sales. And you, you said repeatedly in the opening remarks of your book, you love sales. How did that love, how did yeah. that relationship start for you? started in the gym business years ago in the Gold's Gym uh, when I was recruited. Uh, so you say it just like uh, people get the, the knack or they get the itch to do something. Actors fall into certain type of uh, situations. Well, I was a personal trainer and was recruited uh, into sales based on just being curious and uh, networking and just communicating with people. And it said that you would be good at sales. Why don't you come along? And so one of my first uh, sales managers and the guy who got me in was by the name of Stuart Vespi. You never forget it. like a casting agent. Uh, and taught me the three simple steps uh, with gym businesses where various businesses have different sales steps. And that was the first introduction into sales, uh, realizing that if you had the proper steps and it's proper uh, training, that sales can become easier. Now, as you go into more intricate sales, you will need more training, but with the gym business, it was five steps. It was need, use, affordability, spouse, and guest packs. Mm. And if you felt on or felt true with those steps, 
every week or every other week when I looked at my check that tell me I was doing the right thing. And so my love and passion for it, if I was just willing to help enough people that I get what they want, I can get what I want. And being young and, you know, wanting to actually, I made more in one week than I did with, you know, a whole month humping a pack in the Marine Corps. I felt elated. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking with Ben Brown. And I need to, I need to also say that Ben Brown is brought to you today as well as our show here on A New Direction is brought to you by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. And when it's time to sell your business, I'm telling you, contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can learn more online about Inline. Just go to Inline.com. That's www.enlign.com. Talk to Jeff Snell and his associates. I'm telling you that they will help you sell your business and get you the most money. And actually, it's an amazing process of what they do. Uh, contact them again. It's www.enlign.com. Make sure you contact them and their sponsor of Ben Brown today, as well as a new direction today. So Ben, when it comes to your passion of sales, how important is it, if you're going to be a great salesperson, how important is it that you need to love sales or can you be successful in sales without loving it? You can be, but the, one of the first things I fundamentally say is whatever you're representing, product or service or items, is that you have to like it or love it itself. Because if you don't, it shows in your presentation on how you present that offer. So if you're not really passionate about you could tell when people are passionate about what they... Some people are passionate about it and rip you off. Right. You know, those are the people that are real good at sales. They, they sound real excited about something that doesn't work. Right. Uh, that's why a lot of people, the competition that they have, uh, say, well, my product is better, and those guys are just, you know, but, but I say they're kicking your butt in sales because they can fake that enthusiasm, right? Right. So be, being good at sales is being able to be a character sometimes where you can put that out there that you actually really do like the product, like and love it, or you can fake it, which good salespeople can fake it after years and years. It's like, I'm just getting body, get money like a gig. Right. But the main thing when I, when working with individuals, I show them that they can like and love the product and that passion comes through in the way they present it, which is the key. Right. Uh, you know, that's 60% of sales is actually confidence is what I say. And that confidence has to be within that product or service in the process. And then the person lasts, so the three P's, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I know that I have to sell on some level. I'm, I'm, I don't love it. I mean, I love what, I love what mm-hmm. I'm selling. I mean, but I, I don't love that, that process of selling. I, mm-hmm. I believe in what I do. I love what I do. I am passionate about what I do, whether it's writing books mm-hmm. or whether I'm speaking to people or whether I'm you know, doing the show, right? I, lo- I love doing mm-hmm. those things. I just don't like the selling part of it, right? And I know that it's necessary right. to do it. I just mm-hmm. don't like that, that the sell. It, 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 it's not comfortable for me. I don't like self-promoting mm-hmm. myself. I do not like promoting myself. I have to force myself to do it. And, and because I am reluctant, even on social media, people think that, you know, because I post about the show that I, I enjoy doing that. I actually don't. I do not like having to promote the show. It's a necessary thing for me to do. I love my show, but I don't like doing mm-hmm. that piece. So, mm-hmm. what I mean, what do you say to somebody who goes, I love my product, I love my service, I love, 
you know, I love, you know, I love selling, I love the mortgage business or I love the real estate business. Uh, but I don't really like that sales piece part of it. How, how do you deal with that? Let me ask you one question. What is it about sales that you feel uncomfortable about? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think it's because I'm forcing my will on them. I think that's you what think you are. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. I believe that, you know, I have to force myself on that other person in order to, I got to somehow convince you like my, even though I believe in what I do and I love what I do, I don't want to have to convince you of that. I just want you to, to, I, I, it's kind of that close encounters of a third or no, not a close encounters. It was uh, uh field of dreams. You know, if you build it, they will come or whatever it is. You know, I kind of want to go, right. I have a great, I have a great product. And I have a great service and I'm trying to help as many people as I possibly can. I don't want to have to push myself out on you to convince you to do that. That That's what makes me uncomfortable. Okay, Jay. Let's answer that question for you. Okay. Right? So the first thing you said in the couple of sentences that you just gave me, the word that just kept popping up because I listen, <laughs> the word you kept saying was convince. Right. You said that about three or four times. Right. I have to convince. Right. I have to convince. Right. Who do you have to convince? You have to convince them or you have to convince yourself? Well, I, I feel like I got to convince them. I got, I get, you sound like you have to, you have to convince yourself. So let me give you an analogy where you can ouch, understand. Ouch, Ben. That would, ouch. That would help, <laughs> will help you a little bit here. That hurts. If you go on a tour of a park, and you go there with your family on a tour, and you go up there and there's a tour guide, you pay that tour guide money, he starts you off and he says, well, let's go look at the monkeys. And he goes, what do you guys want? You want to look at the monkeys? And you go, yeah, we want to look at the monkeys. He goes, well, I think it's this way. Let's see if it's this way or maybe it's that way. Wait a minute, it's this way. Then after you look at the monkeys, what else you want to see? I want to see the tigers. Well, I, don't, I think the tigers are over here. Suddenly you get lost, right? So what does your experience feel like, right? This guy is not really knowledgeable. I paid him money to give me a tour, and he doesn't know what he's doing, right? You would feel kind of bad, right? Sure, I would, yeah. Okay, so that's the same type of feeling that you have when you go and you're interested in a product, and the salesperson doesn't have a sales process. They're fumbling around. They're uncomfortable, and they're not going to give you a good tour of their product or service. So when you say salesy or convince them, you're not really convincing them. You're giving them a tour of something that they're interested in that can help them and giving them a good tour on why it would help the product problem that they have. So a sales process, if you look at it from your perspective, right. is giving them a proper tour of what you need to give them so it would help them. Mm. Mm. You're not selling them. Yeah, maybe that's maybe I don't like the terminology then, Ben. Maybe I maybe I feel well, maybe I feel uncomfortable with the terminology. Okay, I, I'm gonna give a, a little bit of education. I will lay back and give you some questions here. But sure. the main thing when people come to me and say I don't want to sound too salesy, right? Right. There's no such word. Right. We're all born to sell. All of us. When you're a child, you wanted milk. You asked your mother for milk. You wanted to get picked up. That's a sale. That's a constant close. Hmm. Now, I'm going to give you the four best salespeople in the United States and why. Okay. Would that be okay? Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. 
see if this makes sense. Number one, the best salesperson out of the four is a child because a child can close. <laughs> they don't have to tell you what they want and why they want it. They just ask for it, and they ask until you break. They close. So we're all born to sell. The problem in the United States is you live in a world that if you can't afford it, you don't ask for it. Right. Whereas if you go to third world countries, you go to the markets, they don't like if you don't negotiate. So that's why people come from over the countries. Right. They work harder. They're used to negotiating. Right. They've been born like that. Got right? It. You Got talk it. to an Indian guy on the phone, he wants to know a better price automatically. I don't care if you're selling them air. He right. wants a better price. Sure. He's been trained. That's part of his culture. Right. So in America, we're just lucky enough to have everything that we want if we can afford it. So your, your, your muscle for selling has been uh, actually gone down K through 12. So by the time you get to college, you haven't sold unless you did Girl Scout cookies or paper route. Right. So by the time you become an adult and you have to be thrust into the business world and you have to sell, you haven't done it in so long, you're afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Number two is a church. You never go to church without bringing your wallet. <laughs> it's traditional to pay them. They came up with the 10% rule in Catholicism, right. right? So they have three ways for you to get money to them. You can give it by cash, you can give it in an envelope and be discreet, or you can give it in an envelope and put your name on it. Right. So they know the three processes for people, whatever different personality that can always give. There's no such thing as a broke church, right? Okay. All right. Number three is QVC and Home Shopping Network. I love them because they know the client more than they know themselves. Every walk of life, you can go into a neighborhood, poor, rich, upper rich, upper management, and there's people that can't put the car in the garage for all the stuff they bought. Right, right. They know exactly when, where, why, what color, what price you spent. They know every dichotomy of everything when they bring a product on TV. They know when, what spot to put it on, what time to put it on, what price point to put it on, when they actually include scarcity, when they put that number on there, when they change the color of it. They right. got it down to a site. Got it. So they, they know when you're going to buy before you even buy. See? Wow. So knowing the customers more than they know themselves. And number five, number four is the best one. That's a chemically dependent person, a person in love. Mm -hmm. The reason that they're great at sales is because they focus. You know... The person on the street corner, if he's focused right. and knows his uh, region, do you know how much money he can make in a day? Uh, no idea. It's it's got to be astronomical. Normally between three hundred to eight hundred dollars a day. Wow. Okay, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good day. That that's a pretty good day. Now, when you give him money, Jay, what do you get? Oh, I get the addiction. <laughs> right. I mean, I get the no. I, I get the fix. I get the need oh. or whatever it is. I whatever I'm looking for. When you give that homeless person that dollar, what do you get in? Oh, what oh, the home, the homeless person. Oh, the homeless person. I thought we were talking about. Okay, well, I, I get, I get the gift of knowing that I felt like I gave somebody something to help them. What do you get in your hands? What do you get? Nothing. I'm just giving. Nothing. Yeah. So, so how come a homeless person can make three hundred to eight hundred dollars a day? You got entrepreneurs that have a website, cell phone, fax machines, bank accounts. Uh, accountants, and all these businesses out there that can't make $300 to $800 a day. What's the difference between a homeless person and a, a regular business? They're both in sales. Right. The homeless person is focused. Hmm. Hmm. They don't care. 
They don't care about a website. They don't care about the family. They don't come in with problems. They were, they focus on the next sale. Wow. Period. Wow. They don't care what they look like, what they smell like, and that's why they don't need to be out there every day because they don't need to be making $9,000 a month. They don't need it. That's why they go back to the park. They sit down and say they need more money. Mm. While you go to work stressed out about how you're going to pay the electric bill and pay your employees because you're worried about marketing, accounting, but you're not worried about sales because you're not focused on it, right? So in conclusion, number one, if you could sell like a child because a child can close, Traditional like a church, that's another trait, good salesperson. Number three, know the customer, know that they know it themselves, like QVC and Home Shopping Network. Or if you're focused, like a homeless person or a person that focuses in love because that's all they care about is the next thing they want. If you have any one of those four characters, you could be a good salesperson. Wow. If you have all four of those characters, you're dangerous. Okay, I, I, I hope everybody heard that. I, I really do hope everybody heard that. And, and by the way, I know that some of you are going to be listening to this on a podcast and you're probably doing that right now. You you may want to uh, kind of rewind that section again because I'm telling you, uh, eye-opening, enlightening. Ben Brown, I'm telling you, uh, he's with us here today on A New Direction. Uh, author, uh, clearly a sales guru expert, the sales whisperer, I love to call him that. Uh, is with us here on a new direction. That was beautiful, man. You just, you just made me. First of all, I feel, I feel better, but I also feel a little ashamed uh, that I am am not. I never thought about it in those terms. I never thought about those four different thoughts about those those groups, and it never occurred to me until you said that, which is why you are who you are, and you're the expert. And by the way, Ben Brown is bought, brought to us today by Inline Business Brokers and Associates. By the way, they look, are you a business owner? At some point, you're probably going to need the service of an experienced business broker. Selling your business is a big decision, so make sure you build your ideal team, starting with the experts at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can learn more about Inline at Inline.com. That's www.enlign.com. And uh, Jeff Snell and his group will be happy to help you and serve you. And they're bringing you today's show, A New Direction, as well as Ben Brown, uh, which is a perfect fit because uh, they do sales. So Ben, let's dig into this book because I love the 10 steps. And what I love about the 10 steps is it seems that every step builds on the neck, the one prior. So you, you can't just jump into the middle of this if you haven't started with one. And in, in my mind, am, am I wrong on that? Or did I have I misconstrued that? Well, the best way I create and communicate with people is through analogies. And so you're in the market up there in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I know that your wife is a real estate right. uh, broker or on their own real estate agency. So I actually can put this in, a, in the fashion of building a house, which is sales as a skill. Right. So look at it from the standpoint of a builder building a house, and I will put the stages together for you to build that house because if you don't build it right, guess what? It falls down. Okay. I, <laughs> you got it. Okay, got it. All right. Awesome. All right. So, all right. So then let's start. Let's just dig right in. Let's start step one. Step one is getting prepared. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, when, when you say that as a salesperson, and you're telling me as a salesperson, I need to get prepared. What and what am I getting prepared for? What, what, what should I be preparing to do or how do I do that? 
Well, story, when I was a sales manager, I used to on Monday morning sit there and wait for the sales team to walk in, and I'll be in the hallway being able to look at them in their eyes on Monday to see if they're in the game. Okay. Leads are expensive. They don't come by just too often depending on what company you're in. You mentally need to be able, when you give those leads, like Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross used to say, the, the, the golden leads, Right. you don't want to blow them. Right. Or so are you mentally in the game? is what you have to do. That, that could be spiritually, mentally, physically. Are you able to communicate that product or service to that potential client without being rattled? Do you know where you're going in that conversation? Are you able to take the no's that you're going to go through if you're on a phone or face-to-face or door-to-door? Because that takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot out of you for those no's. And you have to be physically able to take that. Right. That's why a lot of people don't do sales or uncomfortable because something within them do not like rejection. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I agree with that 100%. So are you ready to be rejected? If mm. not, then you need to be ready because there's no such thing as 100%. There's no such thing as a perfect pitch. You're continuously growing. So the found, not that it's a foundation, but getting prepared is – on Sunday, do you have your leads ready for Monday? So when you hit the ground running 8.30 in the morning, normally when you want to contact people at any market is normally 8 to 11 a.m. in the morning, not 4 or 3 in the afternoon when people are already checked out. So the perfect time is between 8 and 11. Are you prepared to make the calls and not worry about Facebook or social media? Are you ready to actually start being proactive in your sales, not reactive, and start making those calls at 8 o'clock in the morning like you're supposed to? Right. So, you know, you have already have your coffee and ate and worked out and you're ready to go because if you're not, then you're missing opportunities. So, so when we talk about, when we talk about being prepared, we're not just talking about being prepared for your day, um, but we're talking about being prepared, um, f- you know, physically being prepared, mentally being prepared, emotionally being prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. Business-wise, are you is your CRM efficient where you know exactly what calls? Are you searching around for what you have to do? There's a difference right. between being productive and active. Most people say, I'm busy on Monday. Are you, yeah, you're busy, but are you productive? Right. No. So right. if you're a solopreneur, you know you cover everything, accounting. You try to cover marketing. You try to do all these things, but most of the people don't focus on sales. They're afraid of it. They're going to wait till everything comes to the hire somebody. How are you going to hire somebody if you don't know how to sell yourself? One thing right. I tell. Right, but, right. you know, are you being proactive? We're in a great economy right now, Jay. Everything's going well, right? Right. Uh, the employment rate's low, right? Right. Talk to somebody in 08, right? Oh, no. I re- no listen, we were in business. We were in business doing 08 was rough in the real estate market. And, the mortgage market it was it was rough for everybody it was hard i i appreciate the people that went through one of my re- realtors uh randy he's been in the game for over 15 uh 15 years he went through that and then, right. and now everybody you see has you know real estate license or broker or something like that agent right. it's coming back now because it's right. funny in it but who's that person when you had to go through those short sales right they right. knew the work they right. knew how to do it so these people that came into the market since 08 and in, in real estate they haven't seen the hard times, so everything's good for them, right? Right. right. So right. they don't know what it is to really hustle because the market is great. Everybody's selling houses. As you know, times go into session. The circle actually comes around, and people talk about it coming back. Right. So right. 
and most businesses, everybody loves these funnels. You know, hey, I get emails and emails, and they click on this, and they're supposed to buy, and I don't even have to pick up the phone. That is perfect. Great. I love those businesses. Right. But what happens when that go away? Your competition, you have to pick up the phone and be proactive. Right. They can't do it. That's why those businesses go away. Yeah, you know, isn't that interesting that um, it, it was interesting, you know, when the market was great, we had all this competition that mm-hmm. was around, and then as soon as the market tanked, all of this competition disappeared, and literally, I because I, I I follow what's going on in the real estate world in our area, right? We were down to around four between four thousand five thousand realtors total in our market here, according mm-hmm. to the multiple listing service here, and mm-hmm. now we're like at thirteen thousand, right? Every like, <laughs> like no, I mean you were right. I mean it's just what you said. Everybody has now got a real estate license. And I mean, we, mm-hmm. we literally in 2008, we were down four, 4,000, 5,000 realtors. We're, we're 13,000 plus now. I mean, and, and yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I know what's going to happen when, when, cause you know, this cycles, I, I tell people all the time, mm-hmm. this, this all is cycles, right? You can blame whoever you want to blame. It just cycles. The market's going to go bad mm-hmm. again at some point. It's going to get rough. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? We're going to be back down to four thousand, five thousand realtors again, and 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 it's exactly yeah. what's going to happen. And you're going to have those people. I believe you're going to have those people who either know how to sell, as you describe mm-hmm. it in your book, that are going to be the ones who are going to survive the market. I think those are the survivors, are the ones who really understand this process. Mm-hmm. Right? They have a plan. They understand it. Instead of just aspirations, they have a process. And they also have a sales process. Mm-hmm. So they know that and they're able to handle that. So they, they're going to get through the storm. Right. Yeah. And I think this Storm's is coming. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no, it always does. It always does. And, and we're talking mm-hmm. with Ben Brown, author of an amazing book, by the way, check it out on, on Amazon for sure. Um, Master of the art of closing the sale. Uh, and I, I love the title of the book because it's not mastering sales. It's closing the sale. Right, and I think mm-hmm. people need to understand that clearly, is that your book really, really talks about close. We're, we're talking about closing, and uh, we mm-hmm. just talk. We just talk briefly about step one, getting yourself prepared. And so, if you if you got the preparation, we move on to step two, which is research and relate. What what do you mm-hmm. what, what do you mean research and relate? What does that mean? So now that we got the spot, we're laying the house. We're now laying the foundation for the house. And that's research and relate. Okay. And with all the technology that we had back in the days, when you contacted people, you you really sometimes was cold. Now with social media, LinkedIn, everybody has a profile that has money. So in most cases, depending on your product or service, you have opportunities to do a little digging in on that person before you actually start reaching. Uh, they talk about uh, relate sales or relating sales or where you actually get to know the person. So the problem in sales is that people don't ask enough difficult questions they're afraid to because I don't know you. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm. So I went into a real, I'll tell you a story, I went into a real estate, um, uh, I was doing a, a talk to about 15 people in healthcare, they were insurance, commercial healthcare, and I asked the gentleman in front of me, I said, what color is your underwear? He looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> right? So I said, now if, if I came up to you and said, Hi, my name is Ben Brown. Where are you from? Oh, you're from there? You're from te- Texas? Are you a Cowboys fan? I love Cowboys, too. Cowboys uh, are great. How long have you been a fan? Who's right. your favorite player? Right. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you know, I was going to go to JCPenney's the other day, 
for my wife, she's laughing at my underwear. My underwear is normally blue. What color is yours? Right. Guy goes green. I said, there it is. How long did it take me to get the color? Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Didn't take long at Connect all. Connect and relate. Right. The difference, and here's a hot button for you, the difference between a good and a great salesperson is the number of questions that you ask and the more difficult questions that you ask. Mm. That's all. Mm. So, and because your confidence is low, you're not asking the tough questions. So, so when you're talking, when you're talking about research and relate, right? Mm -hmm. We're what we're talking about here is digging deeper into. I mean, it's not it's not just trying to build rapport. We're going beyond building rapport here. Yeah, yeah. The deeper you go, the better the sale is. But people don't do that. They don't have time for that. They'd rather talk and quick pitch. Talk fast, right. not listen, and then fumble their words and don't know where they're going and all these other things, and it's a bad performance. You're giving a bad tour of your product. Yeah, you know, I do, you, know, you and I were talking, and I had done a, a lot, you know, I researched you. I researched all my guests, by the way, you know, try to find out something about them that might be, you know, different or unique or just a little personal tidbit, and you and I talked a bit about you being a Cowboys fan, which is unfortunate. And uh, that you were at some mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I had to take, I had to throw that dig in there. You know, I had to. Mm. And, and, mm. Uh, yeah, I know. I you had it coming though. I mean, that's what friends do. Mm. And uh, and you know, you were wearing your Tony Dorsett jersey, and you know, I was I was watching, and I clearly you have this amazing relationship with your children, and they see you as a hero, and. Um, you know, get to watch and I and I tell people all the time, just like you said in your book, you know, you we have this thing called social media. It would serve you not to it would serve you to go beyond the LinkedIn profile, which could tell you a lot, mm -hmm. but move into mm -hmm. what what is this person really about? Because one of the things I learned about is that you actually have eclectic music tastes. Yeah, you love jazz and yeah, you love some blues, but you have this a really incredible eclectic musical taste. That I found to be mm -hmm. really quite fascinating, because I mean there were there are so many genres of music that you enjoy that I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. This guy this guy doesn't just enjoy enjoy one, you know. A lot of people will just get stuck in one genre of music, but you're across several genres, and I found that to be fascinating because I said, wow, then he 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 he's just a music fan because that was actually when I was looking through the movies you like and you know I was going through uh, some of the other. Uh, TV shows that you like and that type of thing, I was like blown away because your music collection was so much bigger, mm -hmm. and and it's really a good practice I think that people ignore in sales. And uh, mm -hmm. Rob Jollis, who was on before, talked exactly the same thing. I thought it was so interesting how both of you were exactly saying the same thing. Know the person who's in your chair, right? Really, and and don't be afraid to go and dig, and actually. I've had several authors who, you know, talk about leadership or um, management or whatever it may be, say exactly the same thing, and you guys are all exactly on the same page. You got to know more than just at face value what this person does for a living. You need to know. You know why? Well, for me, it, for me, it solidifies the relationship. True, but the biggest reason and a little quiet secret is is that in the end, after selling you and making you happy, 
I'm going to make my job easier by asking you for your friends and family mm-hmm. to buy my product as well. And so that process needs to be smooth mm-hmm. so I can ask. I've earned a right to ask for referrals, which makes my business grow by 20 to 40% because I haven't done it before. Okay, that's beautiful. I, that's beautiful, and I hope people pay attention to that because you're actually using step two here to set up really step 10. You're, yeah. you're using step two to set up step 10. So if you really know the person, it makes it so much easier to ask for the referral or ask for the testimonial because you've done your homework beyond mm-hmm. what do you do for a living? How many kids do you have? Are you married, divorced, or whatever? You actually know the color mm-hmm. of the person's underwear, or their, their favorite sports teams, uh, that type of thing. You actually, move, I, by the way, I do appreciate that you're a Boston Celtics fan. But uh, that's just saying something <laughs> outside of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But I mean, when you're going beyond that piece, then I could see that that makes step 10 much easier than to get to because they appreciate the fact that you know them on a much more deeper level. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so um, so we, we get through these two steps. And y- your step three was qualifying potential customers. Mm-hmm. Do we... Is this where salespeople have a tendency to fall apart a little bit? Absolutely. The purpose of step three is to save time. If you're not qualified and you're not the person I need to speak with, you're not the person that can afford my product, you're not the person who needs my product, why are we spending time? Mm. I need to get on to somebody I can help. I need to find that out. I don't need to call you back. People have these processes where... They get the person, to, you know, the quote, and then they call them back and all that. I'm like, why are you doing that? Right. Uh, well, that's what we normally do. I'm like, how much time are you wasting trying to get them back on the phone and the sales already cooled down? Right. Or they get on there and they call the person back and they say, well, I, I, I love your quote, but I need to talk to somebody else. Or I need to talk to my wife. Or I need to talk to John. And you're like, who's John? Right. right? That's egg on your face. That's your fault. That's right. not them. Right. Remember, resentment is there's nothing worse than a resentful salesperson that starts taking the, the potential client's side when you ask them, where's the sale? And they go, well, he said, or they said, or they, they are doing it. I'm like, why are you defending them? You need to get the sale. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because, right, we start blaming the, the, cust, the quote, unquote, customer. <laughs> when it's really blaming everything. Yeah, we blame everybody but ourselves. Everything. Right? Uh-huh. Right, yep. because the truth of the matter is, if I would have really qualified and said, you know, asked, you know, if you could, if 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 you are you the person who, if we sign, could we sign the papers with you today? I mean, or whatever that issue is, are you the decision maker? However, we get to that question, which is ultimately important. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to waste your time, and I think we miss that. I think we become busy body salespeople where we've got a live body yeah. in the office. And so we think that we're actually working, but the truth is, if the person doesn't even have the ability to make the decision, why why are they even in the office? Here's a golden nugget. One statement that you add into your repertoire is you say, if I'm having a communication with you, Jay, and you told me you're the decision maker, I come back to you a little bit later on and I drop this statement on it. Now, Jay, you told me you're the decision maker on this, but who besides yourself makes decisions about this? Mm. Mm. Right. Buyers are liars. You're a decision maker? Yeah, I'm a decision maker. Putting drapes in your house? Yeah, I, I, write, I write the check. <laughs> Great. Uh, you you want to put that up? Well, I got to talk to your wife. Right. 
Right. Yeah. No. He's a decision maker, but who writes the check? Right. 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 Or or you may write the check, but ultimately that decision of whether you're going to write the check comes from the other person. Right. Yeah. And then and then when you send them the quote, and you actually I tell people this in your mind, visualizing yourself pulling your wallet out and giving it to a potential client, say, now go sell this to the decision maker with this quote and come back with my money. Because mm. mm. they go with a quote with a price and they try to pitch it or whatever they can remember because they only remember about 30%. Right. He said this, this, and this, and here's the price. And you give that to the decision maker, they look at it and go, huh, nah. And then another thing, when you give somebody a price quote, you're giving them ability to shop. Mm. So you're giving them the fuel. Right. So if you come to me, which I've been in many sales positions, and I go, who else besides me that you contact? Well, I contacted this person, and they get, and I said, did they give you a price? Yeah, they gave me $1,700. What did they offer? Blah, blah, blah. All I'm doing is cutting up your sales pitch, right? Right. And I go, $1,700 for this, this, and this? And I say, well, wait, by the way, let me ask you a question. If I can get you that for $1,500, and also in addition to that, I can give you this, right. is there anything holding us back from doing this right now? person goes, makes sense to me. Good. What card do you want to put on? Right? And then right. you call them back. Hey, you ready to go at 1700 And they give you the kiss of death, which is, we decided we didn't want to go that route. Right. Right. They don't have to tell you why. No. You're done. Yeah, you're just done at that point. <laughs> no, and we, and, and by, right, I mean, but we see this, I see this all the time in when I, when I see real estate professionals do this where, let's say they're doing a presentation for you know, listing a house for sale. And here they are doing a presentation, listing a house for sale, and they, they're they doing this huge presentation, but they never ask the question, you know, if, you know can, are you the person who can actually make this decision? If, if I show you, if give, give you everything that you wanted, will you sign today, right? Are you the one who can sign today, right? And so many times what I see in, in the real estate listing process, more often than not, is that they go, well, we're going to go home and think about it. <laughs> well, and, and I go, and I'm like, going, man, and when I read your book, I mean, immediately that whole process came to mind. Because I, I used to do some real estate in, in back in the day. And I remember going, man, what do you mean you got to go think about it? We, you know, I gave you everything that I thought you wanted. I thought we had something going here. And you're telling me, yeah, well, we're going to interview two other realtors. Right, right, and you're going what? What just what did I miss? Right? Yeah. Right, and yeah. and this is part of that qual qualifying the potential customer piece, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, I should have probably known that they're going to interview three other realtors, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, yep. And then I'm I'm guessing that if you're going to interview three other realtors, I probably want to be the third. So you could have answered that and saved yourself hours of time of setting that appointment up and by asking them. Now, besides me, is there any other realtors that you're potentially right. looking to qualify for your just property that you're listing? Right. right. One yeah. simple question, and buyers are liars. So, but you, if you connect and relate it, they'd be like, right. "Yeah, we, you know, we've been looking at a couple other people." Now, right. do you want me to be last because I'm the best, or you want me to first because we're signing on the dotted line? Right. 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 Yeah, it's a great, great <laughs> no, it's a great point. I think mortgage lenders are the same way. You know, I think they, you know, like they're, you know, they're, and, and, and I listen, I get it that people will, you know, you want to 
check mortgage rates and things like that. And I get that they will do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, even in the mortgage industry, and I have a lot of friends who are mortgage lenders and, you know, I know Paul Fitz listens to the show and, and also Mike Morgan listens to the show and, and they're mortgage people. And I got some folks from uh, other major corporations uh, that listen to the show. And, and I know even then they will tell me, you know, yeah, you know, I'm one of maybe, you know, two or three other lenders that they're checking out. You know, probably their best, probably based on step three, their best thing they could say is, you know, uh, how about if, how about if, you know, you, you know, why don't you come, after you checked out the other two, why don't you come and check me out? Do that. Right. right? Because I think that puts them probably in a better position because otherwise I think you're stuck. I think it's too, I think you're yeah. way stuck to do that. You're right. But, but there's an additional thing. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. They're confidence-wise. I say I run through that all the time, and I know I don't want to waste my time as well as yours, right? Because time right. is money. Right. And I've been in this game a long time to understand that. So what I would like is the best opportunity for me when I finish, we could sign on the right. line to get this deal done, so we can get your household. Because right. I now ask the questions: Why you need your household? Right. Why is it important to you? What's the important parts? So do you want me to be first or last? Right. Right. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> no. You, no. You, you're, you're absolutely right. And we're talking to Ben Brown, author of this incredible, awesome, amazing book called Master of the Art of Closing the Sale, the game-changing 10-step sales process for getting more clients and referrals, but certainly closing more sales. And uh, uh, we're, we're going through some of the steps here of the 10 steps. You're going to have to buy this book. By the way, the book is extraordinarily well-priced. You can Get it on Kindle or paperback right through Amazon, or you could go jump right to his website, and that's 360salesconsulting.com. That's the number three, the number six, and the number zero, salesconsulting.com. And if you go to Ben's site, 360salesconsulting.com, and you click on get the book, he will actually sign a copy of the book and send it right off to you. And he is happy to do that. He told me he and there's he enjoys being able to do signed copies of the book, and uh, he loves doing that. So make sure you check out. You know, if you I know a lot of people love Amazon, but I'm telling you, you can get a signed copy directly just going to his website entitled 360salesconsulting.com. Again, I'll be putting his website and the book on um, my on my on the page on the uh, New Direction page off the Jay Izzo website. And uh, you'll be able to be able to get that information as well. And also, you'll be able to see it if you're downloading this now at podcast. If you're an iTunes user, you'll also see the website listed there in the write-up as well. So you'll have a number of ways in order to get back to Ben. And we are so grateful for Ben being on the show. And we're thankful to Inline Business and Brokers for being the sponsor of today's show and for Ben. Uh, they have literally, inline business and brokers and advisors have helped literally thousands of clients in the sale and purchases of businesses. When it's time to sell your business, contact the professionals at inline business brokers and advisors. Jeff Snell and his group, I promise you, will take care of you and will do the very best for your business. You can learn so much more. Just go to inline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. www.enlign.com. And uh, they've been sponsoring the show now, and uh, we appreciate them as sponsors, and we appreciate them sponsoring Ben as uh, we continue to walk through his book. Um, and uh, so we're qualified. We're up to step three. We qualify the potential customer. 
So step four, and I this is the one as a psychological professional, Ben, this is the one that just, when my mouth dropped open, I was salivating, my eyes got real big, and I think I highlighted the entire chapter. And step four is identify emotional triggers. And I, mm-hmm. and I know, and first of all, I know the psychology behind this, but I know I've got to believe you, you probably have the percentage, but I've got to believe that 95% of the salespeople do not even know what the real emotional triggers are. I think they, I think this is a bypass that they think they identified it, but I think they miss it. Talk more about identifying yeah. emotional triggers. I'll tell you a story that relates. Many years ago, I was on the phone with an Asian gentleman, no disappearance, and he was going to buy about $2,000 on the phone. We went through the sales presentation, and one of them was emotional triggers in that, with that process that I used. I knew about it. I kind of didn't get into it enough. I got towards the close all the way down to 10 or 9 and started closing the gentleman. And he continued to stay on the phone, and he would not close. And I said, he's qualified. He has the money. He kind of, you know, wants it. I can't get this guy to close. He's still staying on the phone. Something's not right. So I started looking at my chart, which I always tell people, look at your chart, your process in front of you. See what you've missed. Stay on the phone. Stay calm. Don't freak out. Stay in the moment. Listen, and you'll find out where you missed it if you're good enough in sales. You just don't get off the phone and run away. So I went back to him, and I said, you contacted me about this product. That's supposed to train you to make more money. What is it that made you give me a call? Right. And this is after being on the phone for an hour. And he said, well, I bought another product. I used it. It didn't work, and I wasted my money. Uh. And I said, really? He said, yes. And I said to him, so let me tell you, reiterate it. You bought another product. You used it. It didn't work, and you wasted your money. How much money are you talking about? Well, $1,700. And I said to him, Right after that, how did that make you feel? Mm. And waited. And he said, very small voice, like an idiot. Mm. And I said, what did you just say? And he said, like an idiot. And I said, say it like you mean it. And he said, like an idiot. And I said, scream it. And he said, like an idiot. And so I went back to number 10. So I went back and got the emotional trick. He called me. Right. Not because he needed a product, not because he wanted to get trained. Right. It's because he felt like an idiot. Right. So once I dig, found out, and I said, so you know my product's going to be able to do that for you. Right. Going to be able to train you so you won't feel like a what? And an he idiot. said, like an idiot. Right. And I said, which car do you want to put it on? And he said, Visa. Right. So you had to go. So that whole time, I came back and realized I didn't get an emotional trigger. And right. I can only do that if I built up everything else. Right. Yeah, because you had to build up the three steps to get to the emotional trigger. You know what? I know that uh, some of the people who are watching and listening right now, one of their, uh, by the way, what a funny story. It's a great, it's a great story, by the way. I'm an idiot. Uh, But so I think, I think more people, when you think about when, you know, they've used, they've used a a particular, I'm going to go mortgages here because I know that Paul Fitz is here with us, uh, mortgage lender. You know, they, they use somebody else for a mortgage. It, it, they didn't get the service or the experience that they were hoping for. Mm-hmm. And so they're making a change, right? But mm-hmm. they're not sure if they want to use 
you know, this mortgage lender. But if that mortgage lender could pinpoint and go, well, why did you switch? Well, because we, right. right, and get to the emotional part. Well, we felt like they didn't care. What? Say that again. Well, we felt like they didn't care. Man, there's the, there's your emotional trigger right there. Uh, that's telling yeah. you what they're asked. They're telling you what they need from you, right? It's not even about the terms and conditions. They just want somebody who cares. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you're getting it, right. and that's the key. Now, that's only one part of this process. But if you have that, you use that throughout the rest of your presentation to keep their attention. And the reason that, that, that uh, you want this house is because of what? So I can get somebody that care. And you get them to feed it back through you, right. through your presentation, let you know that you your, your tour is going quite well and you have their attention. Okay, so okay, I can hear, I can already hear uh, the B2B people going, Jay, this is great when you're talking about B2C. But there are no emotional triggers in B2B sales. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that is the greatest response ever. <laughs> All right. So, so go ahead. Walk us through walk us through a B2B example of an emotional trigger. All right, your HR director looking for a program that's going to help you for everything else. Now, what is that going to do when you get the program? It's going to save you time. Right. And if you bring in the right program, what is that going to do for you? Well, it'll give you more status, and it might give me abilities for people to look at, hey, we did good for – so when you do your proposal or your, uh, uh, when they do analysis of you every year, you're the one that brought that in. So what do you think that's going to do? Well, it might be able to give me a raise. Oh, a oh, raise. Mm. Wow. Okay. So what are we talking about with mm. race? Uh, you know, another five, ten thousand dollars mm. Okay. So you're not the decision maker, but if this works, you'd probably be able to get yourself a raise. Mm. What would you do with the money? Uh, uh, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, because, and I say this, you know, I've said this before too, that I don't care what you're selling. Emotions are a part of it. I don't care if it's B2B or B2C. Somewhere there is emotion behind it. I, I'm, right. I'm, I, and I, I can't, I'm convinced of it. And then you just did such an amazing job. And I started thinking about this whole, I'm going to get kickback from the B2B people. That there's no emotion. I mean, I even get it from commercial real estate people going, well, you know, the reason I do commercial real estate is because there's far less emotion. <laughs> I, had the same, <laughs> I had the same response yeah. to you. I laugh. I go, are you kidding yeah. me? Right? I mean, because yeah. it's, it's not true. I'm a buy the building for what? So I can get more leases? So you can put more people in there, put that in, and what's that going to do for you? And then basically what's that going to do for you? And then yeah. what happens? You're going to make more money. What are you going to do with the money? Well, that helps me if I want to retire and, and my kids go to college. Ah, so you want to be able to have a building so you could sell it a couple of years from now. So it would be easier for you, for your kids to go to college and you don't have to worry about that, right? Yes. How would that make you feel if that worked out? Wow. That would make me feel great. Wow. There's the emotional trigger. It, it really, it re I, 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 that's so elegantly simple and brilliant, but I know that it is missed. Because I, I, it's got to be missed all the time because, you know, even if you're the decision maker in a B2B transaction, the fact of the matter is, if you do something and this all works out, you're going to look like a genius 
It may wind up in a raise. That raise may put in the new swimming pool, going back to Christmas vacation, uh, in a timely manner. You know, getting that bonus because you've done this amazing Mm -hmm. job, right, in your B2B Mm -hmm. business, in in the sale. And now you can put in the swimming pool. How does that swimming pool make you feel? What's going to be awesome? Because we have lived in Florida for, you know, the last 10 years. We've talked about putting in a swimming pool. I just didn't have the extra money, but this could actually get the money to put in the swimming pool. Bing, bang, boom. There's the emotional trigger. And, and Jay, when you get that swimming pool, do you have floaties? You like floaties? What's, what's the color uh, of your floaties? Beautiful. What's your favorite color? Blue. blue. So you'll put a blue floaty in your brand new pool. So when you get this done, you could do what? I could bribe my blue floaty that I'm going to put in my new pool. With my pina colada, with my pina colada holder on the side. Uh, yeah, see, now you're making the emotional trigger stronger. Mm-hmm. You can play with that all day. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. We're talking to Ben Brown. I, I hope you. I hope you people are listening to this. I mean, we, we we're we're not going to listen. You're going to have to buy the book to get all ten of the 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 steps. But we've gone through the first four, and I'm telling you, what what you, if you aren't paying attention, you are missing out on the top four things that you need to start your day with when you're in the middle of your sales presentation of how to start winning and closing sales. I am telling you, you gotta get the book. You, you you need to get this book, Master the Art of Closing the Sale, the game-changing 10-step sales process for getting more clients and referrals. The book is elegantly, so by the way, it's 116 pages total. So it's not a long read. You can literally read that. Matter of fact, I, I, what I love about this, and I wrote this about the book, what you should be doing is memorizing this so that it becomes second nature to you so that it's automatic so that you're not thinking about it that you have these 10 steps ingrained in your head so well and that you're practicing these 10 steps in every single thing that you're doing i know that i am committing myself to doing this because i i fell so much in love with this book that i'm trying to learn these steps in order and trying to find ways i can practice them in order and uh, ben has been so gracious to be with us do you know that we've been on an hour? And we haven't even gotten through the step five yet. No, we haven't. That's, that's what I'm saying. telling you. I, t- I, told, I told people. <laughs> I, I, and, but it's, this has been fun, Ben. I, this has been fun for huh. me. I, I'm, I'm enjoying, can, we, can we just do step five and close it? Because then I'm going to let people do the other five steps. They're going to have to buy the book and do the other five okay. steps. Okay. They're going to have to. And that's why it takes a while to get this and digest it when you teach yeah. it to people. Because I have to give you analogies to understand it. Right. 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 So if you understand it. And you practice it, you will do it. Yeah, I was. And most people will forget to do it when they're in the middle of a sale, when the pressure's on and they're sweating. Right. So, right. Step, yeah. no, step number five. Yeah. So, which it, is with step number five? Let me go ahead. Yeah. Step number five. Set up the offer. So let's let's just go uh-huh. through. Let's just get everybody caught up in case you missed what the first five steps were. All right. So step one was getting prepared. Step two, uh-huh. research and relate. Step three, qualify potential customers, huge one. Step four that we just went through, identify emotional triggers. And now that we've done that, we're moving to step five, which is set up the offer. Ben, what do you mean? What does that mean, set up the offer? Set up the offer is simply me saying, if I could, would you? Mm. Mm. I'm not wasting my time. Now that I know that I can help you, Right. Before I present to you, which most people jump straight to the presentation, we've done five steps before we even presented. Right. 
So that's why Master the Art of Closing the Sale is not all about closing a book of closes if a, if a whore, you can lead a horse to water and all these different right. closes because people can't memorize that. You're closing throughout the process. Mm. So I'll, I'm not wasting my time. I need to get on to the next sale. Right. So now that I know that you are who you are, right. who, what, when, where, why, right. and that you're interested in that I can help you, I'm going to confirm that before I tell you how I'm going to solve your problem. So before I go in the house and tell you about this house, if I'm right. in real estate, right. I'm going to ask you. And it's nothing wrong in asking because people won't ask, right? right? So step number five is actually just staging, right, how to sell cars. So before you buy a car, you sit down and then write down all the stuff that you want. I'm not going to give you a test drive until I know that I'm not going to waste my time on a 30-minute drive. Right. If I can provide you with the best car at the best price, is there anything holding us back from doing business? When? And I don't care if you're selling Learjets or pencils today. If I can provide you with a solution to your problem that you have, right. and it solves all your problems, and it's affordable, you can throw the price in there if you want, if you're right. confident enough, and we're talking a price around blah, 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 blah. Right. Is there anything holding us back from doing business when? Today. Today. You have to put the word today in it, and then you have to shut up. What a great point, because I think we sometimes <laughs> forget the, the last word today. Right? I mean, you know why you say the word today, Jay? Well, I think because if you leave it off, then you've let them off the hook. You, you, you're not, what are, you, what are you closing? You're not closing. If you don't say oh. today, right, what are you, what, then what are you, what you're not selling? How are you selling anything? So, Be, the point is you want the contract signed today. You know, if you don't, <laughs> is there anything that would keep us from doing this deal? And if you don't say today, today. Yeah, but if you don't say today, they'll go, no, there's really nothing. Okay. (laughs) No, no, right. Then you got to go back and go, no, 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 I mean right now. (laughs) The first thing I I show people in sales is the the process of you never assume anything. Right. That's the first first mindset. It's all ruled by questions. So you have to look at it from a mindset of a sales manager asking you what happened to the sale, and you have to tell me why you didn't get the sale. Not an excuse. Right. I wasn't effective. I missed the step. Right. I assumed they was qualified, and they came back and told me it was somebody else. That way you know how to improve your sales process, which is skill. Constantly, you're getting better or worse every day. Mm. And that's what sales is. So when I asked you today, the reason that word is important is not only because of its closing mentality, but you honestly, because buyers are liars, have to tell me why not today. Right. Right. Well, I, 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 it sounds good, but, uh, you know, I got to talk to, uh, you know, Jane. And you're like, we didn't talk about Jane. In step three. Jane? Yeah, well, and right, because here's, here's, what, here's what happens. Here's what happens, right? So you qualify in step three, and you think you got all the information. Mm-hmm. You do the emotional triggers. Mm-hmm. Here you are now setting up the mm-hmm. offer today, and then they go back, oh, yeah, well, there is Jane. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, 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 Jane, Jane, Jane's Now, now you would have, you would have, you would have got Jane 30 minutes, 40 minutes down the road after your presentation. Right. When you went up to the close, you would have got Jane and you would have went all the way down assuming that they were still the decision maker. Right. 
But but just by asking one more question, Jane pops into the picture because you already asked him, mm. are you the person that makes the decision? Yeah. Right. Are you the person that writes the check? Right. Yes. Okay, great. So if I could solve that problem, go through that. If I could solve that problem for you, is anything holding us back from moving forward with this today? Uh, you know, I, I just got to talk to Jane. Who is Jane? <laughs> now I'm going back through my notes like a lawyer. Right. right. Yeah, you yeah, told yeah. me. You told me you decision maker, right? Yeah. Right. You told me you write the check, right? Yeah. So who's Jane? Well, Jane is, and then the first thing I'm gonna come out of my mouth is, "Where's Jane?" Yeah, where is she? Yeah. Yeah. That see. Because before I present to you, I'm not gonna waste my time presenting to you, and then you present to Jane, and you're not in sales, and then I never get to talk to Jane, and I'm giving you my wallet, and you're walking away, and hopefully yeah. you come back. Yeah, see, this is where this is where I, yeah, I, I, you're so right, because but this is where I think because you you have and I think this is part of being prepared in, in step mm -hmm. one is that you're prepared to say okay if I don't have the decision maker here we're done mm -hmm. walk we're away done. We're, there's no reason to continue on I am done here because yeah. right I mean yeah. but that takes yeah. that takes don't, wait, no, don't my job as a salesperson or an owner of a company is to provide my service to everybody. Right. It's like you have a cure to cancer and you have to talk to every qualified person out there right. to see if they need it, right? Right. You don't have time. You have a house to sell. I don't have time to show this house 30 times. Mm -hmm. That's wasting time. I know somebody's going to buy it. Right. I'd rather not waste my time. Right. Because i got to get on to the next house and the next house. Right. I relate to people. You only have so much time on this planet. Right. You only have so much stuff that you could sell. So why am I going to waste my time with somebody who I can't present to. Right. So a presentation is a gift to you mm. just for me to show you how I'm going to solve your problem, not just to show you and see if you like it. Right. It's not, a hey, bells and whistles, I'm going to say in my presentation, we haven't gotten there, but I'm going to show you how I'm going to solve your problem. Right. My presentation doesn't have to be that long because I know your emotional triggers, right. and then I can get on to the close to get a referral, to get a testimonial, so I can get on to the next deal. Right. So, That's it. but I, I understand. <laughs> but I think I think the beauty, I think the beautiful thing, and I think the hardest thing for many salespeople, though, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I think the hardest thing is that you you use this process, you're qualifying mm -hmm. every step of the way as you're closing, every you're step. as you're, and when you get to that point where all of a sudden. We've gone through, we're, we're up to step five, and all of a sudden Jane comes out of nowhere, and you can't make this decision without Jane, who you never brought up in step three. And again, mm -hmm. you know, I probably, maybe I didn't ask the right questions as a salesperson, but then that's when it's got to stop. You, there's no reason to continue. No. I want to go in and see the house. But that's not what we do. I show you the house, but, but that's not I what can't we do. show it to you until Jane comes. Yeah, but that's not what we typically do. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to show you 20 more houses. Yeah, I'm going to give you the best presentation ever known to man. But you're never going to get a decision. for you to remember 30% of it so you could pitch it to Jane. And you're never going to give a get a decision today. And you've just wasted the rest no. of your day without somebody you can make a decision. So why are you continuing? And here's the golden nugget. From the time you give a presentation... From the time you give a presentation and close or try to close, from the time you disengage, whether in person or on phone, on email, 
that sale, which is real hot because you qualified, you did everything, right. starts to cool off. Mm. Every day, every hour, every minute. You ever call somebody back and they go, "Oh, I remember you," right, from last week, because you couldn't get them on the phone, right. So how are you going to close when that guy is cold as ice because you couldn't close? Right. You know, God, this is so. I could keep you on for a you know another day if you could if you and I could make it. Uh, it, it would be awesome, but, but okay, listen, we have been doing this now for almost an hour and 15 minutes. We've been talking to Ben Brown, author of author, uh, sales whisperer, sales expert, sales trainer, owner of 360 sales consulting, uh, check out 360 salesconsulting.com. We have been with him for an hour and 15 minutes and you've been listening to a new direction with me. And he's been brought to you by uh, inline business brokers and advisors. Uh, they represent privately held companies with gross annual revenues in excess of a million dollars. Enline delivers the highest market value in the shortest amount of time with complete confidentiality. So you can learn more online at enline.com. That's www.enlign.com. Check them out. They have been sponsoring Ben Brown today as well as A New Direction. Ben, uh, wow. Just a wow. So I have this thing that I do with every guest. You've, first of all, been amazing. You've helped so many people. And um, we may or may not hear how many people that you helped, but you have helped so many people today. And I'm totally grateful for that. And I'm totally grateful for you uh, coming on the show. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you for serving our country because that means so much to me. And that um, someone like you uh, would risk your life, not not just for somebody that you know, but for people that you don't know, and that you did that for us and that in our country. And and so I just want to say thank you out of gratitude um, for doing that for us, and and then for writing this book too, and uh, being on the show. So thank you for doing that. Um, when, but I want to also ask you because I ask every guest to do this: if you could leave a summary statement. For, for the listeners of to help them find a new direction when it comes to closing the sale, what would be your final statement that you would make to help them find a new direction in closing the sale? Like it, love it, or leave it. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't get any simpler than that. Ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely awesome Ben Brown Folks, get the book, Amazon, go to 360salesconsulting.com. He'll sign a copy for you if you go there. It's just 360salesconsulting.com. He will sign the book for you. He will send it to you. You, you. Yes, you can get it on Amazon. Yes, you can get it on Kindle. But just get a signed copy. You've heard him. If he, I'm telling you, it, I'm telling you, you got something today. He, he kept giving you golden nuggets today, golden nuggets today. I'm telling you, you got something that's going to make you so much better in sales. And uh, Ben, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can we do this again sometime? Yeah. Yeah, anytime you want. No problem. I can talk all day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to I got to do something about the Cowboys thing. So I got to I got to we got to have to we're going to have to kind of re-educate you maybe on that 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 team. That's that's, that's ingrained knowing the fact that you're a Steelers fan. We're an opposite on that. We will continue to be and there's nothing wrong with being wrong sometimes. So 
I'll, I'll sell you on the fact, and uh, Jerry Jones will open up fan club applications next year, and I'll let you know when you can apply. As you can tell, he has a tremendous sense of humor. He's a lot of fun, but he's also an amazing professional and a great expert. Hire him for your sales team. If you want to improve your sales team, I'm telling you, you want to get a hold of him, just go to 360salesconsulting.com. He's fantastic. And folks, as I say at every show, look, be inspired because when you're inspired, you can inspire someone else. And if we do that with something as simple as a smile, a laugh, a handshake, or just look somebody in the eye, we can actually change this world one person at a time by inspiring each other. I will talk to you soon. Ciao, everybody. You got to know you can survive. This is your time to find a new direction, a brand new day. A new direction, things are gonna change. You can find the strength to go a different way. Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength